Welcome to Day Zero Update for May 30th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Sologi. I'm Brandon Parkins. And I'm Dan Rev Victorio. And yeah, we have had a busy, busy week of news. Oh, yeah. We had a few different streams offering a good bit of news. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll tell you a little bit about uh, a few of those. The Dragon Quest stream was a whirlwind of jerk moves they could pull for this supposed mm-hmm. worldwide stream. We'll tell you about that. Uh, the good and the bad of that. There's the Sonic Central stream, mm. which had a lot of uh, stuff to talk about. Uh, not too much information about the, the big new game, but uh, there's going to be mm-hmm. some interesting ways of getting some of their older stuff. And we'll tell you which of their big upcoming games they keep misspelling the name of. <laughs> uh, then we got some E3 mm. news, as we've got two more showcases that are dated and timed yeah still we're two weeks out and there's three events that have been announced so far for e3 so that's not looking great uh but we got dates for a bunch of stuff here's some things that are delayed and a couple things you'll be able to get here within the next uh couple days so Mm -hmm. yeah we'll get to the rest of that here in a bit but before we do that we'll talk about what we've been playing and i will start here uh been playing no man's sky some more uh been dealing with the expedition to get the normandy uh which i managed mm-hmm. to do early this earlier today uh which wasn't yeah. too bad uh it is a little bit confusing so i had to look up a couple things because it uses some items that i had had never heard of before and Apparently they were made just for this expedition, so that was particularly why. Uh, But once I figured it out and had some weird couple things that uh, came up, I had some crashes that happened, which seem to happen if you're doing your your pulse drive in space to a planet. It can sort of cause the game to just kind of fall apart and crash. which was annoying when I was trying to get enough Quicksilver to buy this item. It was weird that it required Quicksilver, uh, which is the sort of uh, online currency, I guess. You do like some of the online missions and such. Uh, you might have seen that in the the uh, the ship that you can, like the space station that you can summon to you. I don't know if you've seen mm. that yet, Brandon. Uh, but that is kind uh, of not quite can... yet. Okay. Well, I mean, I've, I've been able to get, like, you know, I have been able to, to get, like, my, you know, my regular ship, like, to come to me. But yeah. that's about it. But when you're in space, you can summon your freighter when you get that? Oh, I don't have one of those yet. <laughs> I'm yeah. not that and there's uh, And there's the, I guess it's called the Space Anomaly. That is the other mm. thing. That is kind of this yeah. space station that is for a lot of your extra stuff that you can't do at the, mm-hmm. the regular space station. Yeah. It's where you the, get like modification. It's where you can get like a, your calling co-op events. And yeah. Uh, some of this other stuff. Uh, if you follow the Atlas path, uh, that will take you towards that. I think. Yeah. Uh, that's so what I've been doing. That's probably what you've seen. Like the little, 
little tubes that require an atlas pass to get through and buildings yeah. that have weird doors that are locked off. Uh, mm-hmm. Even in that space station, it's like, oh, you have to have the version three pass for this, mm-hmm. which I still haven't done that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that was kind of weird because it required you to spend 80 Quicksilver for this and you get it for this one uh, mission, but it's like 15 for three times that you do it. So you're kind of short. So I did this one. It required me to get to this one specific planet and kill the hazardous flora that were on it. Uh, so that was kind of weird. Uh, especially because the first time I got there, I landed and it was like, oh, this is up on top of this like high peak. Mm-hmm. And so I just used my jetpack to get up there. And I was apparently going too fast for the game and it crashed in that process. <laughs> it's an, and it's an instanced event because once you leave that uh, station, it warps you to the right uh, galaxy and planet and all that that you need to go to. So you have to start. Mm-hmm. So you fail that or you have a crash or something. You just start back at the station. You have to go queue up the quest and all that again and leave. So unlike the the regular stuff you do, you know, where you get out of the ship and it saves for you. So you kind of uh, want to do that as often as you can just to save your progress and all that. Uh, but that was kind of the, the weird thing. Cause that thing gave me like 1100 uh, of those Quicksilver. So I accidentally bought two of them. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was hundred percent sure if I bought it or not, but yeah, that was, uh, but yeah, the nice thing is you get to the last rendezvous point and then the Normandy just sort of swoops in and you're like, holy shit. Uh, and I was like, I don't know what to do next. And I was like, oh, I need to mm. get back to my ship. Uh, and that place wasn't running too well because people had all their shit all over the place. Uh, that was just mm-hmm. kind of causing the frame rate to kind of drop as you're seeing all these random messages that people are leaving around that are like Mass Effect references and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the the weird thing there. But I just kind of went, uh, got my ship, followed the Normandy for a bit, got this transmission, and it was added to my uh, to my frigate collection. So that's doing Ooh. some work right now because you can send those out on mm-hmm. expeditions to get you uh, stuff, depending on the type of mission it is. But uh, then I did the last uh, mission that was on there that I had which was to discover 10 galaxies or 10 systems. Uh, so you have to find ones where you're the first person to do them, which is tough because obviously you're on the last day or so uh, you have to do that. You know, there's been a lot of people that have done that stuff. Mm. So I just have to keep warping to other places over and over again, looking for ones with numbers at the end, Roman numeral numbers at the end. Because uh, those are more likely to be the ones that people haven't seen. They haven't changed the names on them and all that. So mm. it took a little bit, but I got it done. I got the last of the items, which is like Paragon and Renegade titles for yeah. your character, that kind of stuff. Uh, so some neat Mass Effect things. Looking forward to seeing what their their next collaboration is, since they've hinted at more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's been uh, a good time with that game. Uh, I did pick up from the the new PSN sale, Sackboy, mm. uh, 
Big Adventure, I think, is the subtitle for that. Uh, I've been playing some of that, and that is a, a very fun game. Mm. More of a 3D platformer in the vein of like a Super Mario 3D world, where it's kind of more of, uh, uh, it's not side-scrolling, but it's kind of uh, isometric kind of camera angles usually, mm-hmm. uh, where you're kind of going through stages and you want to you know, check every nook and crannies you can for extra mm-hmm. of the currency. Because you can go use that to buy outfits for your sack person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's... Uh... Then I got to the first stage, it has like licensed music in it, which was uh, mm-hmm. Uptown Funk. Which is like, this sure is uh, out of place at the moment. <laughs> This is not the sort of game where you're like, this needs licensed music. You know, it has its own soundtrack that sounds pretty good mm. uh, for that. But then there's sort of a stage where you can tell where you've stayed in an area longer than the music is designed for. Because uh, mm. then it just you just sort of hear like the back, the backing music. Uh, there's no more vocals because it's waiting for the next area to queue up the next part mm-hmm. uh, that is sort of tied to the to the beat and all that. So that's, uh, that was a bit weird and, uh, neat, but, mm. uh, yeah, been, uh, enjoying that game a lot. I uh, tried out some of the, the side stuff. There's like these secret sets of stages that have much harder levels. If you're looking for that, there's these knitted night stages that are yeah. also a bit challenging, but they're, they're like the Astro, uh, Astrobot's playroom, Astro's playroom kind of challenge stages, speedrun stages, where it's like, oh, here's like a stage you want to you know, try to get through it and beat the gold time, but also beat your friends' times. Uh, and you'll get notifications when people beat yours or vice versa and whatnot. Mm. Uh, so I did it the first time. Well, I died the first time because it's a lot of these uh, rolling enemy stages. And you can't, you just need to stay out of the way, just learn their patterns and all that. Mm. Uh, but I managed to get uh, a few seconds under the gold time, so that wasn't too bad. But yeah, that's been that's been a lot of fun. Looking forward to putting some more time into that and having kind of a, uh, a meteor platformer mm-hmm. uh, to play, since there's not too many of those out these days. Uh, but also been playing some more Grindstone, the capybara game that's on Epic Game Store now uh, that mm-hmm. you can get for five bucks out of pocket with the the coupon stuff they're doing there. Mm. Uh, been working my way through that. I'm in the second uh, set of puzzle stages where it's definitely getting harder. But I've also been doing some of the the underground stages they have for each of these sections where you are playing these much more challenging stages where the one I think had a ton of these crates to break, but you need to get like a, a combo of three to break them. Uh, then there, and they had like a jerk enemy that's in the, the center uh, blocked in by a bunch of these crates. So you're kind of yeah. trying to go around and break them uh, because there's a good chance that the, the wood that pops out will land in a random spot and it'll, land right in the middle and take some damage off of that enemy. That jerk, as they call him. Uh, <laughs> so you can take off a good bit of damage if you're getting lucky drops and all that kind of stuff. 
I saw some neat design, but yeah, by the end it's like, oh shit, this this is really tough stuff. Uh, but that's been a lot of fun. Also been playing. I just started Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne on Steam. Oh uh, yes, this only... is the uh, this now no. this one is actually like like a isn't this one more closer to like an actual like like a regular like party based turn based RPG rather than the sort of first person ones? Yeah, it's. Very much a precursor what to the what the uh, Persona three and four games would kind mm-hmm. of show. Uh, though the map, the way you're navigating the map overall yeah. is very much like those first couple of Persona games, where it's kind of oh. just a picture of the the city, and you're kind of controlling a cursor that's going through the streets. Uh, I mean, they do that in the later ones too. Just not to. I think that PSP version of three did that. Yeah, uh, but the regular versions of three and four were just kind of you walk around in the streets uh, oh. with your character versus a a little icon that is just looking for uh, the red entrance spots or little green icons that are people you can talk to for a little mm-hmm. extra flavor. But as Playing some of this and then ran into the issue that, like, oh, yeah, these games take a while to get anywhere, uh, especially to get to a save point. Uh, so I had to quit out about 45 minutes in. Uh, and I'll start over again afterwards. At least I know what I'm doing. And I got some of the free DLC, which I think one adds like a, an easier difficulty, and the other one adds some stuff that ties into the. Uh, the Raido Raido Kuzunoha uh, mm-hmm. games, yeah. Uh, the other like Shimagami Tensei spinoff games that are more, I think, action battle oriented. You're mm-hmm. kind of putting little arenas to fight with your uh, your demons, that kind of stuff. But yeah, the the game's a little bit rough from what I've seen. Uh, it's running in 30 FPS for me. Mm. I don't know if that's because I have uh, my monitor set up for 75 FPS to run above 60 FPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's kind of messing with things, I'll have to check the the boards to see what's going on with that, or if that's just how it's supposed to run, which is mm-hmm. which would be a shame. So I'd like it to be running at you know 60 frames per second or higher. Uh, well, so it doesn't have automatic, you know, continuation on the on the the dialogue. So mm-hmm. just keep going between subtitles. So you have to keep clicking. Yeah. All that. I didn't see any options to keep it going, and every button I hit just didn't yeah. uh, turn it on or anything like that, as far as I could see. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a shame. I like some quality of life stuff like that. But yeah, it's story stuff seems interesting so far. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this whole like riot that happens in the park that uh, killed a bunch of people. Uh, yeah. So then you go to the hospital to find your teacher, I think, mm-hmm. uh, to meet up with them. And you get to the hospital and there's nobody there. It's like, oh, something must be going on. 
because this is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's uh, an interesting thing. It ha- very much has the style of the non-Persona Shimagami Tensei games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where those are more, the Persona games are more anime styled, uh, and these are more. Uh, they're, they're kind of a different style to them. I'm not sure how to describe it. It's like the eyes have you know heavy eyeliner on them, that kind of stuff, like more gothic kind of style to it that sets it apart from the yeah. Persona games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lighting and all that uh, is all a bit different. So. A lot of stuff that's similar to what I know of the Persona games, but uh, still plenty of like differences that I can tell, and I haven't even gotten to any sort of fighting or anything, but being mm-hmm. a Shin Megami Tensei game, it's probably not going to change all that much, because it's still going to mm-hmm. be about exploiting elemental weaknesses and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but probably be a little bit rougher than what the later Persona games would do to sort of iterate on that formula yeah i believe there's also not a calendar aspect to this game Mm -hmm. uh, to that kind of stuff so you're just kind of going around doing your stuff and not worrying about how you spend your time as much so that's been largely it i'll be putting some more time into that after uh after today so brandon what have you been doing well I'm still playing uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I uh, finished uh, the first Mass Effect, and now I'm well into Mass Effect 2. Um, and as I said on last weekend, I have to say it again here. There is one hell of a whiplash when you go from the first Mass Effect immediately to the second. Um, because between the first game and the second game, they made a lot of extensive gameplay changes that when you it's almost so much so that you almost feel a sense of of almost like unease like did i just imagine all the shit that i just played in the previous hour because you got to remember when these games originally came out we had like a good couple of years in between releases so by the time uh mass effect 2 came out we had already had a good couple of years to unlearn all the stuff that we had learned to play the first Mass Effect. But the changes they made between the first two games are extensive and controversial, uh, to say the least. Um, for one thing, whereas in the first game, the sort of uh, cover-based combat was more of an afterthought than anything else, or at least seemed to, here it's very much like a major part of the game. It's very much a feature. Um, so much so that you need to really take this shit seriously or you're going to die very, very fast. Um, also something that they changed is ammo. You now actually have to worry about ammo. In the original Mass Effect, you literally had unlimited ammunition for basically every weapon that you could get your hands on. Um, now it could overheat, but you didn't have to worry about running out of bullets. Here, no. Um you do have to watch your ammo. Um, The good thing, however, is unlike in other shooters where the ammo is specialized to, like, some specific uh, weapon, um, that is not the issue here. All of the ammo is standardized. 
So, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you don't have to really worry about, like, picking up, like, submachine gun ammo or pistol ammo or whatever. All the ammo works for every kind of gun you have. Um, another major change they made is, is uh, traversing the actual universe. Uh, in the first Mass Effect, when you were uh, going from planet to planet, all you had to do was, you know, go to the galactic map on the Normandy, uh, choose what system you wanted to go to, and then which planet. Um, and then you'd maybe have that uh, stock animation of you, you know, passing through the mass relay off to the next world, uh, and then that'd be it. Um, not so here, and they ended up keeping this mechanic for Mass Effect 3, I remember that much. Uh, here, you actually have to manually pilot the Normandy to different planets and systems. Now, the good thing is, this isn't a problem if you're going from one planet to another within the same system. However, if you have to travel to another system, that means you have to watch your fuel, because there's a fuel mechanic you have to deal with now. Um, now, it's not that big of a deal, um, because if you run out of fuel, all it does is make the Normandy a lot slower. Um, but it can be annoying. And there's another thing you have to deal with, which is the uh, scanning and probes, which are a finite resource that you have to rebuild every so often. Because there's also a resource gathering mechanic in the game now, because you have to, uh, you know, use them to research things like, you know, new things for the ship or weapon upgrades or things to get to uh, further along certain subplots, stuff like that. Um, I will say, though, it's still, I, it's still fun in spite of all of that, um, but it is, it, it's definitely a bit of a whiplash between the two, I won't lie. But also, uh, on top of playing that, uh, I was originally, like a lot of people, I was going to go play, I was going to get Biomutant, and then the reviews came out, and what they ended up reviewing revealing was that uh, the game was kind of came out like it wasn't quite finished. It was really janky. There wasn't as much uh, content in it as people originally thought. And I decided, you know what? Uh, I can't really justify playing it for the price it is right now. I might get it later when the price goes down. So instead, what I decided to do is take all the money I'd save for that. And I decided to purchase a copy of No Man's Sky because it's that one game that I have been meaning to play forever, and we finally, I finally had the chance to play it. And, uh, yeah, I totally get now. Uh, um, I get why people love this game so much. I mean, you know, after all the other stuff where it finally, you know, all the updates and everything where it's much closer to the game as they had originally sold it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's really good. I will admit it's kind Kind of slow going at first because this game basically starts off like a survival game because you're basically having to like repair your ship and build your bet you know your home base and you know teleporters and stuff like that um and it's especially difficult if you end up sort of starting out on a highly toxic planet which is exactly what happened to me um so I ended up dying. I got the hang of it the second time around, but uh, 
I will say the one issue I do have with this game is it doesn't really explain its mechanics very well. Um, there is a lot of functions that you can take in this game, and it definitely takes a little while before you're able to comprehend all of them. But once you're out, like, on the space station and you're able to, like, start going to different planets, the game opens up drastically. Um, and it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, I am, yeah, following the Atlas path. That is mostly, that is, like, a big part of my game. Uh, right now, I'm also trying to get the stuff together so I can get a, a, a ground vehicle that I can use on the planets, like a cart or something, because I'm sick of having to run to different places and, you know, wasting, you know, fuel on my ship just to get from point A to point B on the same planet. Um, yeah, there's some stuff you can get that sort of refills your... Uh, your jump, mm-hmm. your liftoff thing. Yeah. Uh, doing the expedition, that was definitely something that was really nice because I never had to worry about that again. Yeah. So it uses solar, some sort of solar energy to refill it. Yeah. Uh, at least a little bit so you don't have to worry about it for a while. Uh, that was very nice, though. Definitely a thing you want to work towards is the the big yeah. mech suit. Yeah, the mech suit. It's, keeps you shield from all the environmental stuff Hazards. and yeah. picks up up with it. it has its own inventory to pick yep. up that stuff uh, does it, it does it does it have it does it have like its own mining laser as well yeah okay is it stronger well I, I i say stronger i actually just uh just you know got a stronger mining laser last night so it's not yeah you can buy that stuff in the the shop on the space station yeah, the, uh, the upgrades and blueprint type type stuff as well. Mm. If you haven't they haven't told you yet, if you uh, put those little bits of technology next to each other, it boosts up your stats for that stuff. Uh, so you will tell because there will be like a, a a color outline on it when it's next to something similar. Same thing for the the exosuits and the freighter and all that. All right. uh, so you can. So you know when it's successful, it's obviously all the stuff that looks alike. Uh, yeah. They have the similar kind of icon to it, so you can mess around with moving that stuff around to see what I'm talking about there. Yeah, I'll uh, uh, make a note of that. Um, and also just pull up the No Man's Sky wiki. Yeah. That's anything you're confused about, just look it up and see if it's something that you should be concerned about or how it works. So you just explain... Yeah how to do it and if you're like yeah i have no idea what that is well it's probably not something you have to do deal with right at the moment yeah yeah this is definitely a game that uh definitely needs one because there is a lot of shit that happened that you come in contact with this game and it's like what the fuck am i supposed to do with this yeah and they've built a lot of it into the game if you've noticed there's your like codex that has like here's all the elements They'll yeah tell you, the like, oh, this is how you get them I think it probably fills in as you see them. Yeah. Uh, but it'll explain like that stuff. Like when you use it in your little portable refiner, like what you can turn it into, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. So if you need to know like how, if it's like, get this chromatic metal, it's like, what the fuck does that come from? It'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, that's chromatic metal. You gotta put like spatial metals into the refiner, copper, iridium, yeah. shit like that. Yeah. I remember that much. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. So, uh, Dan Rib, what about you? Yeah, uh, last week I talked about Famicom Detective Club, and I had beaten uh, The Missing Heir. So this week mm-hmm. I had beaten um, The Girl Who Stands Behind. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I mentioned last week, um, the game was actually the second one in the series. However, it's actually a prequel to the previous game. So yeah, uh, you're given a bit of a background as to how the main character became a detective. And you also mm-hmm. uh, come across Ayumi, who is your um, main partner at the... Uh, detective agency so you pretty much um are still a teenager and you come across a murder at her high school and it turns out that the person who was murdered is ayumi's best friend so Mm -hmm. that's how that uh, relationship comes about and it's really interesting seeing the dynamics of everything and last week i complained about um how it was more difficult in the sense where like sometimes you have to repeat yourselves in certain instances because you just have to be paying full attention and yeah, I already had had an idea of that. So I pretty much found this game to be a lot easier than the first, but I also found it to be like better overall. Um, the last one uh, took place primarily um, in this uh, cursed family's estate, whereas this one was, was at a high school. So you're dealing with like all sorts of students and teachers, all with different attitudes and stuff. And it's really easy to see. Whereas with the mm-hmm. other one, like everyone was, was just mad at you. Here, like they're more they're more uh, interested in you because you're, you're, you're an interesting person. And then like, yeah, so it, it just has a better overall dynamic. And um, the, it's funny because like knowing that it's the second game in the series, the way it ended really uh, teetered off by talking about the missing heir. So I'm, I'm wondering whether I should have like played it um, in reverse, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did it the way that the way that, that I did, because I did find this game to be the better one. And uh yeah, so that was that. Um, I've been playing a whole lot more Knockout City. Um, the game is going to be free until uh, June first, but you're also uh, you also can play up to up to skill level twenty five. So there's a whole lot of modes there. I've been uh, linking up with, with a few friends, so it's been really really enjoyable. And yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the the heck out of that game, and I, I didn't really see myself enjoying it this much. Um, I also got a review code for World Zen Club. Um, I didn't get too much time into it yet, just because like this weekend has been crazy. Uh, so yeah. hopefully with a Memorial Day tomorrow, I'll have more time. But so far, I don't have any thoughts yet. So that's about it. Nah. All right. All right. So let's get to the proper news here. We'll start with it's the almost the end of May here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Memorial Day is tomorrow. Yeah, uh, hopefully we'll get the episode out by then. But uh, if not, <laughs> it'll be in time for you to get your new stuff from PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk a bit about that here uh, for PlayStation Plus. They have a pretty mm-hmm. good month here, from what I've seen. Yeah, uh, for PS5, they have Operation Tango, which is that sort of cooperative uh, spy adventure game. That we mm-hmm. saw one of the state of plays in the past few months here. Yeah. Uh, that looks really nice. Has a nice style to it. Uh, so that'll be the big, uh, one of the big new releases here. Uh, the other one is a game that was announced the day before this uh, PS Plus lineup was announced. Virtual Fighter mm-hmm. 5 Ultimate Showdown uh, for the PS4. Yeah. So they are... Is it? This was Once a, uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't this like a, 
I'm trying to, wasn't this kind of like a remaster of the original by the guys who did the Yakuza games? Uh, I think they've redone all the character models at this point. Uh, So they look a bit different, uh, but a bit uh, better than the original game, which was very much an early game in the Xbox 360 PS3 life uh, generation there. Yeah. Uh, then came back as like a digital only uh game for the PS3. Mm-hmm. I think that was I think that was PlayStation Plus at launch as well. Now they've done this Ultimate Showdown, which I think mm-hmm. was called Virtual Fighter 5 Esports in Japan. Uh sort of that whole thing, but this debuts on PlayStation Plus for the PS4. I think the the main negative that it has is that it doesn't have revamped online code. Uh, So it's kind of the same kind of online code that the original game had. Uh, No rollback code or anything like that. So it's probably not going to play super great if the people involved don't have good connections, but uh, they'd have custom tournament support for up to 16 players. Uh, mm. As well as spectating of those modes, as well as rank match, arcade, and the the robust training mode, which I think that was not in the last version of Virtual Fighter Five uh, that came out. I think it was just purely like arcade and multiplayer stuff. Mm-hmm. So this might have some more single player content to it. So that'll be nice to check out. And that is available until the end of July, I think. It says August 2nd. Mm. So it'll be available for almost two months. For about mm-hmm. two months, actually. Uh, Operation Tango's out on July 5th, which is when the next wave of games comes in. Uh, and the third game mm-hmm. here is Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, the game I've heard good things about. Maybe not great things. Yeah, But uh, it's a you know, space combat uh, focus mm. game has some story stuff in there, but kind mm. of more focused on multiplayer uh, with other players. You can play in PlayStation VR or uh, your 2D TV, uh, whatever mm. way you want to. That is good to see. Uh, I think the other news is that the, I think Virtual Fighter five ultimate showdown is also coming to PlayStation now. Mm. Uh, for June as well. So that'll mm. be one of the, the new games for that. And since it's on PlayStation now, you don't necessarily have to have PlayStation Plus to play it online. Mm. So that's a nice little bonus there. Now, there'll be some more PlayStation Now stuff, uh, news here a little bit later, but uh, yeah, there's some three more games here on the list that are coming to that. But I think also that I saw uh, the Witcher 3 Complete Edition is coming to PlayStation Now for June. Uh, hmm. That kind of went up the other day uh, well early. And I think there's Car Mechanic Simulator was another one and Slay the Spire. Which that game hmm. is really good if you're into uh, card combat games, hmm. deck building games. Uh, but it has like roguelike sort of progression to it. So yeah, that is the the PlayStation Plus uh, lineup for this month. Uh, see, games All with right. gold, not quite as good. Uh, for June first, 
there's King the Kingsbird, which is sort of a platformer kind of game that is uh, pretty good from what I've seen. But it's one of those games that at this point is old enough that it's on sale for like five bucks all the time. So if you're interested in that, it's for a while now. Uh, let's see. Starting June 16th, there's Shadows Awakening, which I think is I think it's like a Diablo-like. Um, yeah, isometric single-player RPG with real-time tactical combat. So there's that kind of thing to that. Seems decent enough. Uh, for the sort of backwards compatible games, June 1st, Neo Geo Battle Coliseum. Uh, sort of a an oldish Neo Geo game that has, like, it's another one of those that has just a bunch of different characters from the various Neo Geo games in it. Yeah, I think that that's what it is. Yeah, I think it's one that isn't super well received of those games. Mm-hmm. At least I haven't heard people talk about it in a long time. Just yeah. means it's probably not that great. Mm -hmm. Uh, For June 16th, there's Injustice Gods Among Us. Uh, If you have not checked out any of those games, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. The first one, indeed, is really good. Um, Second one's also really good. Uh, You don't really have, but uh, it's also got all the DLC bullshit to deal with as well. So, and this one, you don't get any of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the Mm -hmm. base game. None of the extra characters. Well, it seems like they had a decent amount of free, uh, yeah, free costumes. If you're mm-hmm. interested in that, but yeah, you'll be paying uh, a decent bit for season pass and all that for extra DLC mm-hmm. and all that. If I'm remembering correctly, I think one of the first PlayStation Plus games on PS4 was the Ultimate Edition of that, uh, mm-hmm. which came with all the DLC and all that, and obviously upgraded to. Look a bit better for PS4. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going back to this sort of older versions, maybe not the greatest, but if you haven't checked it out at any points and you like your DC stuff, uh, it's well worth checking out. Mm. But yeah, not a great list there. No. Uh, but but that's kind of been Games with Gold since they canceled the, the double price hike. Yeah. I don't know what the... That's a direct result or what, but uh, that's a that's a shame. Yeah. But uh, let's get to some other games here. Uh, we talked about NBA 2K21 being the free game on Epic Games Store during mm. the, the mega sale that's going on. And for the second week, Among Us is the new free game on the yeah. Epic Games Store. So now you can well, have you free PS uh, PC version of that game. If you haven't uh, grabbed it any other way yet. Yeah. That, that game is now so popular that they're just giving it away. (laughs) Yeah. So it's been free on the, the mobile version since launch. So it's not the greatest version from what I've heard Mm. on that, but it's probably pretty good because it's, uh, uh, it's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh the new free game you can grab for the next few days here. Yeah. 
Also free that is out now is the demo for Disgaea 6, Defiance of Destiny, on the Switch. Mm-hmm. I can grab that. I think it's the first two chapters that are free. Uh, yeah. And your progress can transfer over to the, the main game. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that. And that is out June 29th, the game itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I, got, yeah, I play, I play, I, uh, going to be looking into that demo later on tonight because, uh, I love that series and I want to give it a shot. Yeah. That one definitely snuck up on me. I didn't expect it this soon. So I'll probably check out this demo when I get a chance too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So there's your, a uh, good bit of free stuff you can check out. Uh, let's see. Coming out here this week, Griftlands is coming out of early access on PC on June 1st, as well as coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on June 4th. Uh, that is the new game from, uh, let's see, Clay Entertainment, makers mm-hmm. of. Uh, crap, what other games have they made? They made the. <laughs> I figure what the other games they made don't starve, and those. Yeah. Uh, what else? They made Hot Lava, Oxygen Not Included, Invisible Ink, Mark of the Ninja, made Shank. <laughs> those games. So they made a lot of games, uh, a lot with a, a very specific kind of art style that is pretty unique to them. And this game is no different. Uh, it is a deck building game. Uh, roguelites and all that, but you're kind of having a lot of uh, uh, story stuff to it, where you're kind of in this uh, sci-fi post-apocalypse kind of world where you're doing jobs for people to get reputation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can decide how you're going to talk to people, and that can even play out into combat as you're like hacking their minds and that kind of stuff. and apparently the decisions matter. I haven't played enough to see that realized, but uh, it's a pretty neat proposition. And the, the couple hours I've played on PC have been a lot of fun. So I'm definitely interested in playing some more of that. Uh, now that it's almost done. Mm. So you can check that out. Uh, also coming out next week is Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, PS5, PS4, and PC. That's June 10th. That is out. Uh, I'm not sure what the price is going to be. I'm not sure if they've announced that yet, but they did announce the date for it. And that's the kind of adventure game where you're a dog with a magic toothbrush. It's a paintbrush. Uh, yeah, or, paintbrush, sorry. Uh, but yeah. you're kind of able to paint the world and all that, and you can play in co-op with a buddy, uh, bunny friend yep. uh, to help you out so you can have fun uh, coloring the world, solving puzzles, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is another neat little indie game that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, what is not coming out pretty soon, Axiom Verge 2. Yeah, Tom unfortunately. announced this saying that uh, he delayed it from coming out last year to the first half of 2021. thought that would be uh, enough time for him and said, well, it's not really come together as quickly. Uh, needs a little bit more time. Now citing Q3 2021. Uh, says he's channeling 
uh, Iwata saying, oh. asking you to please understand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it says uh, he knows people are going to be disappointed, but he's trying to do what he can. So he's making the documentary that's on the Steam version of the game or the Steam page for the game uh, free. Uh, so you can okay. watch that and see some behind the scenes stuff that's made by, I think, two players production, two player productions, which did the Double Fine Adventure documentary uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it's already included on the Blu-ray disc of the Multiverse Edition. Uh, so if you already have that, you already have it. But uh, you can just watch it on Steam if you want. Uh, mm-hmm. Learn more about the behind the scenes of the game and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And it seems like they are posting it to IGN's YouTube channel yeah, as well for people to watch there. Yeah, when I was trying to purchase it or whatever on the on the Steam page, it didn't actually let me purchase it, but it opened it up in the browser to stream it, which Ooh. is weird. Uh, so that was kind of weird. But yeah, it's going to need a bit more time for that, and I'm fine with letting them have that time. There's plenty of games coming out right now that I'm... Not exactly hard up for Axiom Verge to pile on top of that. It's a one man project, you know. Give the, give yeah. the man, give give the man some space, you know. Yeah, should take his time, make it as good of a game as he can. Yeah, he should definitely take his time, especially with all this stuff happening in his life. And yeah, yeah. I mean, like from from what we've what we've seen out of the game so far, like there's no reason to believe that you know um, it's not going to be as good because it, it looked fantastic so far. And um, yeah, I just hope it releases at a time where it's a I can actually focus on it because like I remember the original one came out at a busy time, and I'm I'm hoping that it's not the case this time, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. So we will have to stay tuned on that and see uh, how that goes. Uh, but speaking of games that have been delayed, Far Cry Six got delayed from a February launch, I believe. Uh, now finally has uh, another date, October 7th. They put out a couple of trailers this week, one gameplay, uh, one story trailer to show off some more of that game, uh, which still looks pretty good. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Yeah, coming to PS5, PS4, all the Xboxes, PC, Google Stadia, and Amazon Luna on October 7th. And they showed off some of the... Uh, side character stuff like the, the dog buddy you have is now like a, a dachshund with uh, little wheels on the back legs yeah so you know and, or that or an alligator you can also get an alligator yeah sure <laughs> uh, but yeah. well, let's be honest like, nobody's getting the alligator yeah that's very much that whole thing but yeah so there's that the rest of the game seems very much like a, another Far Cry game. Mm-hmm. Just with uh, Giancarlo Esposito as the main mm. bad guy. Mm. So we'll have to see how that turns out here as one of the big fall releases. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it had a pretty weird reveal. Like I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, you know there was a countdown leading up to it, and then after the countdown was over, it started another 30-minute countdown, and I was like, wow. Came here at 11 o'clock. You're going to make me this whole 11.30. I mean, what, what they showed was interesting. I wish it, it looked kind of better. Um, but again, I get that they're also still making it for current-gen consoles. So. Yeah. 
But yeah, okay. let's uh, talk about some more games getting dates. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the current three new Pokemon games have all gotten mm-hmm. dates. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. The remakes of the... What were these? Were these DS games? Or were they GBA games? DS, DS games, okay. Yeah. Those are coming out November 19th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check those out here shortly before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And Pokemon Legends Arceus is coming out January 28th, 2022. Yeah, that's the one everybody's really wanting to hear about. Yeah. Yeah, this one kind of follows suit with what they did last year. You know, release the Pokemon towards the tail end of the year, like, you know, the, the week before Black Friday. That'll drive all their winter sales. Um and it'll be interesting to see because, like, you know, Pokemon is obviously a system seller. And there's been a lot of rumors lately about um, the Switch Pro probably being unveiled before E3 so that when they have E3 announcements, the third parties can go ahead. Oh, you can see it up resed on, you know, and whatever this the Switch Pro can do. So we'll see with that. And then, like, the thing with Arceus is that um, as exciting as it was when it was announced, like, you could tell that the... Um, the gameplay was uh, tugging a bit. So, I mean, it definitely would benefit from more power, but um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I- I'm definitely excited about it. Um, it's it's not really the first time we've seen like a standalone RPG title. Um, they did it with Gale of Darkness on GameCube, uh, you know, a decade back. But um, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to you seeing Game Freak do something different. And this mm-hmm. is it. Yeah. Yeah, we just need more details because that first trailer was interesting, but it still left us with wondering how the game overall worked as a thing compared to the compared to the regular Pokemon games, where you know you start off in your town and you work your way around catching more Pokemon, leveling yeah. up, and all this. And this one seems to shake things up a bit. Yeah. Maybe they'll actually have like a unified Pokemon universe now. Yeah, that's not. I mean, probably. I mean, like this this game takes place in the past, so I mean, even even if it's unified, it, it wouldn't say much because it'll definitely be the first game as far as chronology goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we'll have to see. I assume they'll have some things to say maybe around E three time. Hmm. Seems like a place where they could talk about more of their game. Yeah, it's yeah. really weird. It's really weird because like Nintendo and the Pokemon company, even though they're essentially the same, they operate very differently. Like who knows if like they even are a part of E three because I don't think they would have like announced it now. They they could have waited two weeks from now because there's no difference. But I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, it might be they announce the date now and then they talk more in depth about it during the whatever streams they have. Mm-hmm. Yep. As as bizarre as that is, that's very Nintendo. Yep. Yeah. Give you that well, small they... little crumble, and you're like, well, "Where's where the fuck is the rest?" And like, well, here mm-hmm. it is, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, another company that we'll talk about soon showed something about a really uh, anticipated game and showed no date. So uh, again, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But yeah, we're talking more about games that have been delayed quite a bit. Uh, here's another one, Dying Light 2, also has a new name, Dying Light 2 Stay Human, mm-hmm. for whatever reason they picked that name. 
but that has a new date of December 7th coming in hmm. right before the end of the year. Uh, hopefully they can hit that. But yeah, they announced some uh, special editions for that. And I think a new version of the original game called Platinum Edition mm-hmm. has the, the game and all the DLC, including that uh, expansion that it's, they released called The Following. So you can check that out. should be out pretty much on all the platforms, but the Switch. And yeah, there's some special mm-hmm. editions of this new game as well. So if you want to spend a lot of money, you can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's your other big fall release. But yeah, not happening this fall. BlizzCon 2021. They yeah. canceled it and announced a new kind of hybrid event for early 2022. Yeah. So they'll that. be announcing some more stuff then mm-hmm. and showing off more of Overwatch and Diablo 4, I think, at that point. But yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a full physical event. It might be some limited uh, appearance opportunities there, but yeah. it has streaming stuff for any big news seems like so mm. yeah COVID still affecting the ability for cons to happen yeah uh, probably will still be some that happen this fall but yeah some companies that are definitely taking it easy on that kind of stuff right now yeah and honestly that's a smart thing to do um they got other flight. They got better places to forward those resources right now. Yeah, but yeah, that seems like a good move. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other big events that happened this week was a new state of play from Sony, showing yep. off gameplay for Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, and uh, that game and a PS5 for me cannot come out soon enough. Yeah, it looks really nice from what they've shown. Uh, no yeah. dates coming out of this, so it's not coming out at least in the next couple of months, I assume. But they have mm-hmm. said that they they are just waiting to finalize the dates, but kind of wanted to get some gameplay out there to let people see what they've been working on, which mm-hmm. seems like the, the big things they've uh, changed is kind of fleshed out the Melee stuff. Uh, the mm. first game, it's kind of just very basic stuff you kind of want to do uh, as like a last resort kind of thing. Whereas here, there's more kind of combo stuff to it, as well as like an ultimate kind of move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've also fleshed out some of the combat with the sort of regular people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way when you would fight the big robot enemies, you would see their uh, pieces that uh, pieces of their armor and whatnot uh, sort of mm-hmm. glow as you hit them. Uh, but that yeah. does that happens now for the, the heavily uh, armored enemies uh, when you're fighting them. So you can kind of tell like, okay, I'm doing damage to these parts, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, kind of help you also, just the envir- also just the environments too. They've, but they call it Forbidden West because they're basically on the west coast of the, of the United States now, and it shows. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, it's very yeah. tropical. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess it's it's not spoilers anymore because like the 
the big secret, if you will, with for with, with Horizon Zero Dawn was that it all took place in Colorado. So anyway, that being said, with the Forbidden West game, like I'm, I'm as a Bay Area native, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing Gorilla's interpretation of a modern day, or not really modern day, post modern day, post apocalyptic San Francisco, and you know Bay Area, however it may be, because like yeah. Um, for um, Horizon is easily like one of the best looking games like on the platform, and this is easily going to be near the top of my list when it does decide to uh, come out. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. And one thing that I really appreciated out of the um, the bit of gameplay and story that they showed was like you know showing the recurring characters because if um if there's anything that I thought that um the original game suffered from, it's that um there was definitely a lot of lore and um story to be told with all of the um secondary characters but they were so secondary that i didn't really care about any single one of them so you know seeing another another character like Aaron and like you know um not just aloy or silence really means a lot as far as like building this game up to be something bigger than it actually is so yeah it's definitely looking good looking forward to it especially that 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 melee gameplay like um you know it's it's a lot really has to be said about like the way um demo gameplay is captured because like you know that's all scripted they're playing a very specific way i know that when i play i'm not going to use the bow and arrow if i don't if i don't have to so we'll see how it goes but i'm definitely looking forward to this game yeah watching that trailer was very much they're playing the exact opposite way i do but she's just <laughs> running around taking pot shots at enemies uh constantly just like aggroing everybody whereas i'm like oh there's some grass i can hide in let me Try and you know mark every enemy that's around, see where they're going, and yeah. take them out. One I mean, at like, time, stab them in the butt till they die. I want to stealth kill as much as possible, <laughs> avoid confrontation, and uh, this guy definitely did not do that. <laughs> no, which makes sense because they want to show off all the the new oh, tools and combat yeah. stuff they have, which is the, uh, the weapon wield uh, seems better, so that that definitely helps. Yeah, and yeah, those tremor tusks look really fucked up. I'm trying to fight. Uh, which is like their form of the like an elephant that has like multiple kind of tusks on it, uh, as well as the the tribe that was that like corrupted this thing had like a big old uh, like hut on top of it that you could just fuck up as well. So, yeah, so from what like, we from from what we saw, do you guys think this is a twenty twenty one game? I think it could be, could be a fall one. Uh, well, I won't that, know. You know, I won't know because, again, I still don't have a PS5. <laughs> well, this yeah. might be out on PS4 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so can... I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw this. I saw this meme of uh, an Animal Crossing screenshot, and like the guy is standing in his house with a bunch of fans, like too many fans that are on, and they're like, "This is what for, what a Horizon Forbidden West will sound like on a PS4." So yeah, pretty much. yeah. It's <laughs> like a jet engine. But yeah, like it, it's it's really interesting, like as far as the um release date goes, like obviously it's a pet peeve of mine to show so much of a game and not know when it comes out. But mm-hmm. I don't know, like uh, there's 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 a lot that needs to be said about like finding the right release date for your title because um as much as I want to say that other games shouldn't really impact your release, I mean like you, you look at last year and people were just trying to avoid Cyberpunk's release date and at the same time Cyberpunk ended ended up, you know, disappointing many. So um, it's, it, it's tough to say whether that'll be an effective strategy this time around but the thing with Horizon Zero Dawn was that 
you know, when people picked it up, people loved it. And then Zelda came out and people forgot all, all about it. So I'm pretty sure they want to avoid Breath of the Wild 2 if, if, if they can do that. Oh, yeah. Though it didn't really affect it as much because obviously it was on a different platform. And this, I think Horizon Zero Dawn ended up selling over 10 million units anyway. Yeah, I think it's just for, like, conversation's sake. I mean, like, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn was definitely a good game, but, like, as far as being in the Game of the Year conversation, which honestly isn't all that important, um, it, it pretty much wasn't. So Yeah. Yeah, it's... It was an interesting game that did well and kind of just grew in, over time as they added new stuff to it, uh, New Game Plus and all that, and made it look really good on the PS4 Pro in 4K and all that. Yeah, I mean, um, before The Last of Us Part 2 came out, um, I would go as far as saying Horizon was my favorite game in the PS4. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really interesting game that is kind of their The Witcher kind of style thing. They were definitely influenced by that, but obviously going for more of a different kind of uh, flow to its combat. Because very oh, much yeah. The Witcher didn't have I mean, any stealth to it, really. Especially with, with with what they showed this time with the hookshot and stuff, and then the uh, the parachute, if you will, like okay, they definitely took even more steps out of Zelda for this one. It's like they took yeah. like whatever people criticized about it after playing Zelda and put it in here, and it's working out to be a super game. So again, yeah. looks great. Yeah. So, well, hopefully the next time we hear about this game, it'll be a date that is hopefully not too far off, because like it can definitely stand on its own for this fall. But let's see as we go. Uh, also part of some of the Sony news this week, Sony had a big investor uh, dump of news about how well they've been doing. Uh, and part mm-hmm. of that, uh, there's some slides talking about PC releases, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn and Days Gone. That also mentioned that Uncharted 4 seems to be the next game that they're working on for mm-hmm. a PC port. Uh, which is a very good game. Looking forward to seeing how that looks in action. Mm. Like mm. some of the other slides that were shown, they were talking about how their owners of PS4 and PS5 is like 41% are women, mm-hmm. uh, which seems like a pretty good number. Uh, they especially compared yeah. it to the PS1, where it was something like 19%. Mm-hmm. So definitely had a lot of growth in that and recognizing that you know it's not a boys club anymore boys only club yeah. at this point but yeah talking about I think some of the other sides like investing more in PlayStation now which uh, if they're getting games at least starting to get games at launch mm-hmm. like uh, Virtual Fighter 5 that is uh, hopefully going to keep growing mm-hmm. so it's definitely the the one thing they do lack compared to, you know, a game pass or even PlayStation plus is sort of games that are coming out to it mm-hmm. at launch. You know, bolster, uh, their subscriber numbers and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I think the, the numbers on that is it's at like 3.2 million right now for PlayStation now subscribers, which is about twice as much as what it was before the, or at the very start of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. definitely seen some growth there, but they need to invest more into it if they want uh, more subscribers there, which they've been doing because I think they just upgraded to 1080p streaming for PlayStation Now games. So 
they're definitely working on that stuff. Uh, but let's talk about another game that seems to be in the works. Bloodstained mm-hmm. Ritual of the Night uh, seems to have a sequel in the works. Uh, part of the fiscal year presentation that 505 Games had, I saw some uh, sites that were contacting them to confirm. Uh, they were being very cagey for some reason. Mm-hmm. Which is like, you've announced this in the presentation uh, for your shareholders. Like, why can't you just say, hey, we're working on this? Don't even have to be any more detail on that. Yeah. So it seemed to do well enough that it was going to get a sequel anyway. Yeah. Um, I guess the one big difference here is that, you know, it won't have the, uh, I guess it won't have the, the Kickstarter baggage going with it this time around. Um, because yeah. there's one thing about the original, about Bloodstained that is very obvious when you play it is that, like I said, yeah, it's obviously a Kickstarter project, and it shows with all of the content that was added in there after the fact to, you know, for patrons and stuff, so... Yeah. Where you can see you all know, the, the weird portraits of real people. Yeah. In there that come flying out at you, the the, the wide variety of content that is in it, and mm-hmm. which are... You know them doing the the various sort of stretch goals in the yeah. game. Yeah, see this way it'll have more of a unified vision, basically. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah, hopefully so. But yeah, that is going to be uh, interesting to see if it gets announced properly anytime soon. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about a game, another game that had a bit of a rough launch: Cyberpunk 2077. It seems like they have a new game director. Yeah. Which typically you don't see after a launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, the new director is Gabriel Amatangelo, mm. uh, who's followed uh, former Quest director Matthias Thomas Gwix, mm-hmm. uh, who mm. left CD Projekt Red recently. Uh, he's taken mm. over. He was the creative director for the game. Now he's taken over as game director. Uh, but his sort of prior resume is that he worked on a lot of big stuff for Bioware. He worked on the expansions for Dragon Age Inquisition, as well as Star mm-hmm. Wars The Old Republic. Yeah. So he definitely has some experience in the sort of RPG uh, markets. And seems like could help lead that game out of this uh, chaotic launch, I guess they've had. For yeah. The past six months. Mm-hmm. And whatever new stuff they do for that game. Yeah. So yeah, that's, um, uh, hopefully that works out. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and you know, like I, like I said, I still have my copy. I have not given it up um, because I am interested to see how this game progresses post-launch. Um, yeah. And I want to see what this guy has. Yep. So we'll have to see what comes of this. I assume we'll f- we might find out more at E3 or some Summer Game Fest thing. I don't know. We'll have to see. But that is that. Let's get to 
the two big shows as far as just having a bunch of announcements, there was Sonic Central. Mm-hmm. The weirdest of these two shows. Yeah. Uh, particularly because it's Sonic. Yeah. And so they kind of started this thing off talking about a bunch of the collaborations with the other Sega games. For the record, yeah. I thought they were both really weird, and the Sonic one seemed a little more normal, but it did have its uh, touches of weirdness in that one, too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I would say this was the weirdest because it's everybody wanted the one new game and they didn't really deliver it in mm-hmm. any sort of satisfactory way. Uh, but yeah, they announced their sort of tie-in stuff. There's the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 that mm. is coming uh, June 22nd. Uh, it seems to this is on all the consoles uh all the PlayStations, Xboxes, I think Switch and PC as well. Uh, mm-hmm. They're putting a Sonic costume in that. It seems like mm-hmm. a game that is uh, not taking itself seriously at all because uh, I saw other costumes they have is like an astronaut outfit, that kind of stuff. When you have a, a thing that looks like a Sonic costume that you would see at like a you know E3 convention, some dude wearing. Mm-hmm. So you see this dude in a fucking giant Sonic costume outrunning people on track or hitting a home run with the baseball uh doing all this kind of weird shit in this fucking like sonic furry outfit kind of thing yeah it's kind of like um like the old crash bandicoot commercials with that guy in the crash suit with the hole in his mouth except you know there was no hole in the mouth but it was just as awkward now the hole somewhere else if you know your furry outfits Mm -hmm. uh but yeah Let's see. They also announced Sonic DLC for Two Point Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sort of hospital sim thing where you can have people wearing, I think, Sonic Tails and Knuckles outfits. Uh, as mm-hmm. well as have like uh, Sonic cabinets for like a you know recreation room kind of thing. As well as some mm-hmm. other Sonic stuff in there. Uh, I think that's a paid pack for the game from what they showed. Uh, let's see. The other one is Lost Judgment, which they spelled with an extra E in there. Mm-hmm. And they've spelled it that way on the Sonic site when talking about this stuff. So Sega and the Sonic people don't seem to understand how to spell Judgment, their own game. Uh, one of their big releases for this fall. Uh, but the the collaboration there is that it's going to have a Sonic the Fighters arcade cabinet in the game, in the sort of grand tradition of the Yakuza games having, you know, actual Sonic or actual Sega arcade games in them. Mm-hmm. But maybe not the one that you maybe want. But I don't know if there yeah. are any great Sonic arcade games, but Sonic Fighters is not a game that normal people really want, but maybe that's not who they're targeting with this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's more of a subtle inclusion. Um, I don't think anybody is in you know, go crazy about it, but you know, if 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 um, Sega wants to fill time saying, "Oh yeah, here's more collaboration," then I guess this counts. Mm. Yeah, we're yeah. Uh, it's not great to misspell your game's name. Mm. Like I'll post oh. the the image I took of of the page there. Oh crap! Messed yeah. that up. There we go. I just spelled the wrong way and just continue to keep misspelling it in the the description there. Uh, over and over again in the chat there but yeah sega you should treat that game a little bit better and spell its name correctly 
I know Judgment's a name, mm-hmm. uh, a word that gets misspelled a lot. But yeah, that game's out September 24th. Uh, and then they ended this whole sequence with a little Minecraft tease that I would assume means you'll get Sonic costumes coming to uh, Minecraft at some point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it for the sort of tie-ins with other games. There's some mobile stuff, but nobody really cares about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least here. But uh, let's see. Then they started announcing uh, some games. Sonic Colors yeah. Ultimate. The game we've heard about for a while that they were doing some sort of Sonic Colors uh, remaster or remake of the yeah. the DS and Wii game. That's like one of the one of the few Sonic games in the past like fifteen years that people actually like. It's the one of the full, few Sonic 3D games that actually holds up. Yeah, and that is out September 9th. Uh, seems like it's got all the the bells and whistles there. Looks pretty nice from what the the trailer they showed of it. Mm-hmm. And also, Roger Craig Smith is back as Sonic because he yep. retired a little while ago, and I don't think any games released without him, so I'm confused why there was the retirement or if the Sonic community was... Uh, yelling at them enough that they're like, well, fine, we'll hire him back. Because uh, there's also like a Sonic Colors animated show that's also coming. They showed a little bit of that. Uh, so that is uh, another show that they're doing because they still got, they showed off a little bit, or no, they just had some people talk about Sonic Prime, which is the Netflix show that they're working on. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Sonic shows, more than maybe people really need. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, well, so Sonic's popular, and I, I think they want to take advantage of both the anniversary and the fact that you know the the sequel movie is in development. So you know they want to get as much Sonic into TVs as possible. Um, yeah. I'm pretty excited about Sonic Colors. That's a game I actually missed out on on the Wii. So having a second chance to play it and hopefully a better version would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Sonic Bling so looks pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah, they showed a bunch of weird uh, merch that you could buy. Including like a big coffee book style thing. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. not that interested in Sonic to need that. Uh, especially the the diamond bling. That seems very much like uh and trying to get some more Sonic stuff out there for the for the hip hop crowd out there. Mm-hmm. You know, the the ending theme for the, the movie was uh a collaboration with I forget who one of the bigger rappers out there. Mm-hmm. It's like, sure, I guess you could do that. Mm. Uh, but let's talk about the latest attempt for Sega to bring back the old Sonic games to sell them to you again. Uh, but this One time, thing. it's the Sonic Origins collection that actually mm-hmm. has the two games that they have skipped over for the past yep. 10 years or so. They have Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic CD. Yep. So they have the five That's games right. up to the Sega CD that most people care about. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. Uh, then no dates, no prices or anything. I think the, the only details I've seen is that the Origins Collection, the uh, the games that have been put out for a while, are in widescreen one, two, and CD. Three in Sonic and Knuckles are uh, still in four by three. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know if they have limitations on that stuff. I don't know what's going on, but that's weird. I think the version of Sonic 3 they put there is Sonic 3 and Knuckles, right? Uh, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that, show... that, I know that actually matters because like for the last few um, uh, Sonic packs they've released with Sonic 3 in it, they haven't included Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which actually is a lot different from the regular Sonic 3. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly, though, I'll be honest, it still doesn't beat the Sonic Master Collection for GameCube that I had just because just it could not be for just sheer amount of content. Yeah, yeah. So, says it includes Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. So, there you go. Cool. I got the good one in there. Okay. But uh, the, uh, the the one I had for GameCube that had all three of the Sonic games. It had Sonic and Knuckles. It had the Sonic Pinball. It had Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which was, was you know basically Puyo. You know, like uh, Puyo. Uh, so it had uh, uh, oh a yeah, bunch you, you, you like, about the uh, Sonic Gems collection. I remember that. And it also had like uh. uh a bunch of like historical materials. It had a covers gallery for the Archie comics, um, all the way up to I think it was 110. Uh, yeah, it, it, it just first. Sh- oh, and it also had as a secret. Um, it had fuck. What was the name of the game? I'm trying to remember. It was another Sonic Team joint. It was the one where you play as the star that can grab onto things. God, I'm completely fucking. Ristar? Yeah, it had Ristar. Yeah, I'm I'm checking out Wikipedia. You you're talking about Sonic Mega Collection that had yeah. one, two, yeah. three, spinball, mean bean machine, knuckles, and three D blast. But it did not have Oh wait, no, it, it did have Sonic Three and Knuckles. You had you had to unlock it. So you, you had yeah. to unlock Knuckles and Sonic Two, you had to unlock Sonic Three and Knuckles, Flicky, Rystar, Comic Zone, Ooze. Yeah, this was a good one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it had like I said cover gallery for the for all of the Archie comics up to that point and it also had the uh you could actually read the first I think couple of issues on the game which I don't know why you would do that it would wreck your eyesight but you could do it so yeah, yeah uh, basically what I'm saying is is this this uh collection is kind of underwhelming yeah it's really to the point uh actually the one I had was different from yours where you could unlock uh the Vector Man games and the Streets of Rage games. Like, those, those were awesome. What I thought about that. I think that was 05. Yeah, it was 05. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, the weird thing is when they showed the Sonic Origins thing on the uh, Sonic Central, it literally has a uh, box art here. So, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, Sonic and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. So those yeah. two middle ones are the uh, the combined version. I don't know. I don't know if there was any interplay with them uh, yeah. in any way. I don't know. Yeah. So for the uh, viewers or the listeners that that uh, weren't there around uh, the release of Knuckles, when Knuckles came out, Knuckles uh, Sonic and Knuckles was actually a cartridge that had another slot on top, and in that slot, whether you put Sonic one, two, or three on there unlocks a different set of content. For Sonic 1, you unlock some sort of 3D um, uh, bonus stage that was part of 3 and 4, or 3 and Knuckles. 
Uh, if you put Sonic 2 in there, it allowed you to use Knuckles um, as a character, including his glide, so you could like explore areas in 2 otherwise inaccessible. And then 3 changed the game. So yeah, there was yeah. It, it was like ahead of its time. It was it was something different. Yeah. yeah, part of my favorite era of Sega when uh, they were really experimental and not afraid to try new things. I wanted you to spend as much money on them as possible. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, you need to keep both of these games, and hell, get the other two games too, or else you're gonna miss out on content yeah. here. Mm-hmm. None of this trading in your games crap. <laughs> we ain't allowed in that, but uh, yeah. What else did they show here? They showed off. Uh, yeah, PlayStation Now is getting Sonic Forces, Sonic Mania, and Team Sonic Racing on June first, uh, as well as Amazon Luna. If you're one of the the eight people that have that service, yeah. Uh, so there will be more ways to play those older games or uh, more recent Sonic games. Uh, and then they ended it by teasing the next main Sonic game with a weird logo that made no sense. Uh, it's a 2022 release on mm-hmm. all the PlayStations, Xboxes, Switch, and PC. Didn't even mm. leave us with a name for it. Nope. It's just a random-looking logo that's... I don't think anybody understood what it was for. Mm. So yeah, that was the Sonic Central mm-hmm. whole thing. A couple of interesting things there. Uh, yeah, so let's get to the Dragon Quest 30th anniversary stream, uh, which was the first time they've done like a simulcast of this in I think four languages, uh, particularly Japan and English. Mm. Uh, you definitely tell they were still. Uh, very much keeping COVID in mind because there was a, a big plastic uh, divider between uh, Yuji Hori and the guy that was hosting the stream. Oh, yeah. Uh, as well as one of the funny things is there was like peer, uh, PR people off screen that had like whistles. So that anytime mm. anybody talked about things they weren't supposed to, they just started whistling, which is like really stupid because it means that you're signaling like, hey, that's important information about whatever mm-hmm. this thing they're talking about is. Yeah, it really made me wonder whether like they were there on purpose for the sake of, you know, making the show a little funny or whether they were there because they wanted to like keep either of the hosts uh under wraps because I remember when I was interviewing Yuji Hori when uh, 11 came out and they were doing their American press tour, um I asked them about uh the Switch version, which, you know, um, we knew existed, but uh, they wouldn't talk about it because they were talking about the PS4 version. And as soon as I said Switch, like, the interpreter just stopped me straight up. And the funny part was, um, Hori was about to answer the question. So, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, like, we're under, th- like, it's, it's that thing where Hori doesn't really care, but the PR people do. So Yeah, yeah, because he's got, like, just in, in this stream, I know they had, like, a pre-stream for just Japan that had a bunch of games that they updated on. Uh, but here they announced like six games and it's like, mm-hmm. there's so many dragon quest games, you know, either that have already released that they're still adding stuff to, or that's in the works. I'm sure he's like, who gives a fuck what we're talking about? Like <laughs> there's old games in this, uh, even new stuff around them. There's like, here's the millionth mobile game. I think it was the first thing they showed was a new puzzle game. Uh, yeah. mobile game that was like oh here it's like little racers 
Yeah. That's they have in Japan that we don't because who fucking cares about racers in 2021 at this <laughs> point? Uh, they're like, oh, see if you can find the racers in the, in the set. And the guy's like, what? These ones right in the front of the desk. It's <laughs> like, what? He was like, yeah, like I thought that was supposed to be something hard, but they seem to be right here. Yeah, like uh, he made it seem like they were under under the impression that they were hidden somewhere, but they were just in front of him on the desk. But it's yeah, the the uh, or, or the joke there was um the first game they showed was a match three mobile game called uh, Dragon Quest um, Keshi Keshi, and yeah. Keshi in English means erase, and you know it's pretty cool because you know when when you're getting rid of uh, objects on the board you're erasing them, and they were also modeled to, to look like erasers, so it's cute in that regard. Yeah, but it's but a mobile it's... match three. I don't really care. It's one of the many mobile games that they haven't brought over. Yeah. So there's like a Dragon Quest game that is like Pokemon Go, which you think would be a thing they would want to put everywhere. Uh, but they've kept that in Japan, much to mm-hmm. the chagrin of Teresa, where that's like the only <laughs> thing that could pull her off of Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah. It's the Dragon Quest version of that. Uh, but then they talked about Dragon Quest X, the MMO that they released first on the Wii, uh, has since come yeah. to a bunch of platforms after that. Uh, they announced the big expansion six for it. And I think it was mm. with that, that they had a weird uh, bit of English text amongst everything that was Japanese there uh, that said not planned for a worldwide release mm. where you're like sitting there watching this, like showing like off a little bit of uh, all the expansions uh, that had come out previously, and you're like, "Oh, they finally bringing this over because Final Fantasy XIV's, you know, so huge in the West. They should probably bring this over." And they're like, "Yeah, no, we're not doing that. We're just showing mm-hmm. this off just for, you know, Japan, which yeah. is really weird for a stream that is supposed to be, you know, simulcast around the world." Because uh, they announced that that new expansion as well as Dragon Quest X Offline Edition. We're like, oh, maybe that's the one that can come over to the West. And like, no, we're not doing that. So like, what what the fuck is the point of this stream when half of these games are Japan exclusive? Yeah, at, at that point. point, like it was getting pretty frustrating because like, you know, these are all games that are like uh, critically like praised in Japan. So like, OK, it'll be cool if, uh, you know, the Americas eventually get them and then they, they show them to to their to their worldwide audience but they were saying oh yeah there, there's no plans to release this outside japan i was like come on you could have just told us to come in 15 minutes later then yeah but then they started saying like hey we should actually show things for everybody <laughs> uh so then they announced a new game in the hd 2d style that octopath traveler has and that is a remake of dragon quest 3 as well as i think this is when the the whistle started coming in as Yuji Hori kind of hinted that they were also going to do Dragon Quest 1 and 2 in that same mm-hmm. style. Uh, and the the host, the funny thing is the host saying, like, I don't know anything about what's going on, what's being announced. They just had me here hosting this, and he just seems to be a big Dragon Quest fan. So like, he's asking mm-hmm. questions and all that, and he's getting whistled for asking about things at times. It's like, it's like he yeah, doesn't so have the- a script here apparently for what they're announcing the stuff going on there was like he was like oh dragon quest 3 in, in 2d hd that's really interesting but what about one and two and then yeah they they, they started blowing whistles there and like hori was saying that oh yeah like you never know we might even change up the ending so that when one and two come out 
those will be a little bit different too. And then, yeah, more whistles started happening. So it was just really crazy stuff. But yeah. as for the announcement actually made, um, Dragon Quest 3 was actually the very first Dragon Quest game I played because I remember it being um, one of the first Game Boy Color, actual Game Boy Color games coming out. And um, oh. yeah, that was a game I actually touched, but I, I never actually finished because uh, my Game Boy was stolen. So, you know, getting yeah. another shot to play it in this 2D HD uh, remake is awesome like you you look at this trailer and it's 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 downright beautiful and i hope we get this one sooner than later um it kind of sucks that you know we we didn't get one through or we'll, we'll talk about it later but we, we didn't get a, a remakes or ports of one through six in this presentation but uh this three 2d hd is that's fine with me oh yeah it looks yeah. absolutely gorgeous. yeah it looks really nice uh a nice way to kind of uh Breathe, breathe some fresh air into this sort of old game. Uh, if they're not just going to do more of the sort of ports they did for the Switch, uh, mm-hmm. bring those to uh, bring the other games to the Switch as well as the other consoles. Uh, in the same vein that they've done for uh, Final Fantasy, though Final Fantasy they still haven't even brought over the old uh, the first six games, but everything after that they've done a pretty decent job of getting that out there. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, like, if if this game succeeds on whatever grounds they want, they want to make it succeed from, and with the success of uh, Octopath Traveler, like, Square would be dumb to not want to try to do this with any of the original six Final Fantasy games. So. Yeah, yeah, because there are obviously people that still think the like four and six are the best games in the yeah. series. Even yeah. dare I say it, Chrono Trigger. Like, you know, obviously a, you know, a 3D HD Chrono Trigger would be, you know, that'll ruffle some feathers. But I think if Chrono Trigger was rightfully done in this style, I'd play it. I would do. Yeah, that would be nice to see. Uh, But yeah, that's what they announced so far is just Dragon Quest 3 with likely 1 and 2 also coming at some point. Then they announced a new game from the director of the Dragon Quest Monsters games called Dragon Quest Treasures, which is sort of a spinoff of Eleven, featuring Eric and Mia. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that game, it is... It seems like a bit more of a, an exploration kind of RPG. Uh, very kind mm-hmm. of... Uh, a bit more of a... I don't know. Uh, it seems like there's more platforming to it from the little bit they showed in the gameplay. Uh, yeah, they they, they, they didn't show much of anything. Um, we don't even know what like genre this is. I would guess like this is more of um, Enix like delving into the action RPG ground because like we know that, or I don't know, we we we, we want to assume that they they want to keep like the flagship Dragon Quests as traditional as possible. At least before we start talking about twelve. But the impression I got from this game, especially with Eric being the main character, and for those of you that don't know. Um, Eric was one of the people in your party in Dragon Quest Eleven, and he's a thief, um, mm. a, tre- a treasure hunting guy. So you know, this being being called Dragon Quest Treasures definitely makes it seem like a loot game to me. I wouldn't be surprised to see you know um, to see it sort of be like a dungeon crawler or a mystery dungeon kind of game. But it's mm. it's definitely nice to see um, see them be more exploratory with the Dragon Quest IP because the I've I've heard nothing but good things about the Builders games and the. Uh, and the and the uh, monsters games, despite never playing them. So, yeah, and this one does not have any sort of platforms or any dates or anything to it, other than just they are working on a worldwide simultaneous release for it. 
That's a common theme. Yeah. I uh, don't think there was anything announced for Dragon Quest Three Remake. I think even the the worldwide re- no, they did have a simultaneous worldwide release for that for home consoles. Whatever that means. Uh, yeah, especially that's totally going to be PS4 and Switch. Yeah. But yeah, that's no dates on it or anything. So it could be next year or whatever. But but then they ended the stream by revealing Dragon Quest XI, The Flames of Fate, uh, with the big logo reveal of like these uh, fires sort of uh, etched into the ground uh, behind the, the Dragon Quest logo. And sort of Yuji Hori talked a bit about this, talking that it was a bit more of a different style of game. Uh, the combat system is going to be a bit different. Uh, they're going to revamp the command battle system a bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're taking a look at like FF uh, seven remake as sort of uh, a way to go for that. Uh, they also talked a bit about having the, the story and the themes of the game being a bit more dark and mature, uh, which really sends the, uh, the Dragon Quest fandom crazy. It's like, oh no, they're going to ruin it. It's like, I don't think they're going to ruin it. Uh, but also that all we got was the logo and a little bit of talk from Yuji Hori. Uh, it seems like it's being worked on the Unreal Engine 5. And yes, also planning a simultaneous worldwide release for it, but no platforms or dates or anything for it. So Seems they're going to try some new stuff with this, which isn't a huge yeah, surprise because Dragon Quest Eleven had the the same kind of battle system, but you could run around for no real reason. Didn't really seem to affect uh, enemies' ability to hit you or whatever. Yeah, it didn't do anything. She's like, "Oh, you can do this. Who cares? It doesn't change anything." So you stop after is a waste of time. But mm-hmm. I think they're going to be making that an actual thing that matters more of an action system yeah i mean i think like the closest thing i would probably compare it to would be uh the original um nino kuni wrath of the white witch uh because that Mm -hmm. was a turn-based game but you also had the ability to like walk around and that didn't really affect things too much unless you were like far away from your opponent and that that made it like sort of harder to hit you so i don't know if they're going that route with it um it does kind of um make me feel a, a little skeptical knowing that they're I'm going to take a different look at the command system. Honestly, I don't even know what that means. Uh, I would assume they're talking about the turn-based, um, the turn-based uh, way it goes. But, um, I mean, that wasn't ag- exactly a problem with Eleven or any of the rest of the series. So that, def- that definitely does raise some eyebrows. But I remember in my discussion with them um, back when they were talking about Eleven was like... Um, I talked about them trying to find a way to modernize the series in a way that'll um, make uh, U.S. fans take note. Because, like, as popular as the series is in Japan, like, even now um, in the United States, like, it isn't really as popular as it could or should be. And, you know, I asked them for, like, uh, different ways they could do it. But they were they were really uh, firmly in, in, in their beliefs that, you know, as long as they continue to make the game look modern but play the same way it always has, it'll always continue to have that same charm. So seeing what they're doing different in 12 is definitely going to give it a more um, interesting spike. But like the, the main thing that I found pretty funny with this with this event was when they were talking about um, uh, Dragon Quest 12 also pretty much being a Dragon Quest for adults. 
And I was like, yeah, so you're talking about Yakuza like a dragon, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think they are very much looking at how that game, Dragon Quest Eleven, kind of did not do well worldwide, especially when they brought it to the Switch. Like, that didn't really boost sales numbers as much as they thought it would for, you know, such a big franchise. Uh, and they're looking for ways to kind of uh, breathe some new life into it, uh, even if the like core audience, uh, you know, wants it to be like you know the other eleven games were. It's like that's not necessarily bringing in new people as much as you would like. So imagine they're looking at yeah. uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, yeah, because like a dragon and some of these other games, like finding new ways to breathe some life into the genre and their franchises. And yeah, mm-hmm. finding ways to do that here. I mean, I don't even know about the sales numbers. Like, as far as I know, I thought the I thought 11s on the Switch did well, um, and I thought it was doing a little bit better than the PS4 version. But again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I don't know what the expectations were. Um, but you know, it, it is interesting that you bring up that point. But I'm I'm also wondering if um, if it, if it has to do with a, a, a bit of the marketing, because you know, Final Fantasy VII has always been marketed as like you know. Um, the RPG that like never left you. The, 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 despite being different, it's always been like uh, dark or hardcore, very '90s in its tone. Whereas with Dragon Quest, it's never really changed, even though like the audience it had grew up along with it. And like, what really bothered me about this entire event in general, as funny as it was, um, was the fact that with every game reveal they had they played the same goddamn song over and over. Like, I get it. You know, that that's, that's the most iconic song you have in the Dragon Quest uh, soundtrack, but there's also a lot of other songs, including the battle song you could have used. You have a lot of, like, familiar uh, BGM tones, so I don't know why they continue to insist on playing that same song over and over six times throughout the entire thing. I was like, oh, man, imagine if you were, like, a producer, you have been making this thing and hearing that same song over and over. It's just... That, that, that was a bit baffling to me, but I don't know. Yeah. So what I can see on the sales numbers, uh, with the launch in Japan on 3DS and PS4, that sold 2 million copies, uh, physical copies, in the first two days. Uh, when the Switch version launched, it sold 303,000 in the first week in Japan. Mm. So not quite as well as uh, the other versions. I don't know particularly why, if it was just, it didn't seem like uh, an interesting re-release of it for them, or if the people that wanted the the better looking version of the game already got it on the PS4, yeah. who knows, but yeah, I think that game, the subsequent ports did not do as well, so that's maybe one of the reasons why they want to do simultaneous uh, release, kind of get it out on hopefully multiple platforms at once instead of this staggered release. Uh, and that's definitely been the the big issue with the series in the past is that the they released the Japanese version and then maybe a year or two later the the Western version comes out mm-hmm. and kind of uh, having like a worldwide release as you know Square's seen with their Final Fantasy games you know helps out a lot. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah I think Eleven was kind of a, a disappointing game for them because uh, from what I can see. Like Dragon Quest Nine did almost five and a half million mm-hmm. on the DS. Eight did about five, and all that. I think yeah, 
3DS did about two. PS4 did about 1.6. In Japan, Steam was like 100,000. And Switch is about 600,000 mm-hmm. uh, by the latest numbers. So it's like, it seemed like they kind of, you know, didn't really gain too much steam going into those later releases. No. Even not for really. as much as the Switch tends to be a powerhouse in terms of sales. Like the, you can't get the Japanese people onto a Dragon Quest game on the Switch in big mm. numbers and something's going on. Yeah. So yeah, that was the yeah. the Dragon Quest event. No one, no one in the company is willingly going to admit that Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy is better than the other. But you have to think that you know the, these uh, both SquareSoft and Enix like merged for a reason. Like well, I don't know, was it just so Square Enix could capture control of the Dragon Quest series? Because this is honestly the best they have. They do have Star Ocean, but aside from that, a lot of these other titles they, that they have released over the past two decades really don't even move, move the needle. So, uh, again, okay. like, it's, 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 it's tough to know like, what the expectations actually are for the series. And, and Dragon yeah. Quest as a whole has always been well-reviewed. There's never been a bad one, to my knowledge. So, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So... Let's get to the last couple bits of news here. Uh, some E3 mm-hmm. showcases being announced. The uh, Xbox and Bethesda showcase we talked about, they were going to be doing just one show together. Uh, they announced that they will be going live on Sunday, June 13th at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so that'll be their show. I don't know if they have a time frame that's going to be taking place this really doesn't have too much in the way of information on it but yeah so that'll be a sunday show yeah uh, the other one that we know of that is going to be happening is limited run games will be holding their own showcase to announce physical versions of various games on june 14th that's the the monday 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern time on their twitch channel uh, they say they'll have over 25 announcements concerning new games, physical editions of cult favorites, and reprints of classic titles. It's mm-hmm. like they're the ones that held, that handled the physical versions of the Konami classic collections. Mm-hmm. So they probably have some more interesting stuff on that front. Uh, as far as like Bethesda, I've been hearing rumors. And I will grant that, you know, this is, I mean, we've been hearing this rumor the past couple of years, but this is the year we're finally going to start seeing stuff substantial about Starfield. But hopefully we'll also get some more expansive uh, announcements on the next Elder Scrolls. Yeah, Brandon's dog really, really loves Starfield. But yeah, um, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to hear more about that. Um, especially uh, regarding whether or not the game will be exclusive. I mean, you know, Microsoft is not going to shell out $7 billion if they're not going to at least have some exclusives here. And I would I would bet that Starfield should be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Next weekend, we'll be talking about E3 stuff. I assume we will have some damn dates on some of these shows so we know exactly what's happening. Because yeah, they can't get dates a week ahead of of the show then what is the point of this event? 
as far as far as new announcements though, like this was definitely our biggest week going into it. So I would hope that we're definitely going to have even more stuff this week. But again, who knows? But we're definitely in pre three mode. So yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely do a big preview next weekend on what we hope to see from Jeff Keeley's thing, as well as E3 stuff. Uh, let's see how uh, more dates and such come together. So we have kind of an idea of what the, the flow is from show to show. So right now these three shows we've got for E3 are on different dates. Mm. So there's not much flowing from one to the other. I think Ubisoft is the 12th on that Saturday. Xbox on a Sunday, Limited Run Games on Monday. Obviously, Limited Run Games is not exactly a big show, so we'll have to see how this goes. But yeah, for the time being, that is it for the show this week. Uh, we will be yeah doing our big E3 preview next week, talking about uh, hopefully a more complete picture of what all is happening. Uh, but yeah, we are going to uh, let uh, you guys know what's going on, what we think. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be it for this week. Thank you to Brandon Damrib for joining. And yeah, mm-hmm. we'll be back next week with uh, another slate of news and information. And yeah, for the time being, have a good week. And we'll see you guys again next time.